I'm Chase. I'm Shannon. Girl, it does not matter what you're packing in them jeans. And I've always said that. Correct. (laughs) Chase, what were the um, other variations that you came up with? (laughs) Boy, it does not matter what you're packing in them jeans. They, them, it does not matter what you're packing in them jeans. Honey, we're an inclusive (laughs) podcast. That's all I got to say on that. I think it's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, But yeah, today we're talking about epigenetics. Epigenetics. What is epigenetics? Phenomenal question. And I was literally just talking about it five seconds ago. (laughs) But it's basically uh, epigenetics is a very, very recent uh, study. So I actually... In talking about the definition, I kind of want to delete in with a story okay, that I have it. that relates to this. All right. So this is a family story. And I don't know how they're going to feel now, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> but uh, so my sister growing up, perfectly healthy, fine individual, can eat, drink, do whatever the fuck she wants. Um, she's a lacrosse player, right? As I believe you play lacrosse. I was going to say it. I was Slay. also a lacrosse We got a couple player. midi girlies. <laughs> Literally so mid-Atlantic. The midi, <laughs> correct, correct. And, um, and so my, my sister, I was not at this game, but she was running across the field and she was a very aggressive player. So she gets knocked to the ground. She gets body checked and knocked to the ground. Apparently my mom said her head hit the ground and you could physically hear the impact of it so and something that people don't realize is that mm-hmm. female lacrosse players don't wear helmets no the they men do not do. The, the f- yeah correct and, and they the wear skirts are just as hard like the balls are yeah. just as hard there's not as much well there's not supposed to be as much mm-hmm. contact but like yeah we don't wear helmets it's, we wear these little eye goggles they like, wear tiny eye goggles and like n- literally no protection whatsoever no. and skirts that yeah. was the craziest thing to be i was like that shit is gonna tear off well they're skirts. they're skirts. yeah correct. so you like or you everyone mm-hmm. wears spandex under them so you're not gonna like yeah. flash nobody but yeah they're not like oh um, yeah Anyway, sorry. But anyway, no, it's totally, I love, we're making the distinction. <laughs> but anyway, so she hits her head really hard. She gets a terrible concussion. After the concussion side effects kind of ebb, all of a sudden, she's unable to eat gluten. Why is this happening? That's so weird. Epigenetics. All right, so... <laughs> The definition, essentially epigenetics is a very, very recent uh, field of study. Technically, the term was coined in 1942 as kind of a misnomer surrounding epigenesis, which, honey, two different fields of study. Do I know what epigenesis is? No, I do not. <laughs> but, uh, but and that is a story for another day. And I've always said that. <laughs> but this uh, this was me giving myself a crash course in microbiology today <laughs> at approximately 12 p.m. Epigenese but, her? I don't ep- even know her. <laughs> Sorry. Leave your thoughts in the comments below. Anyway, <laughs> um, epigenetics, as I'm trying to say, is uh, the study of how external stressors affect your genes. So how does this go about? This is done in a, in a variety of processes. The one that's been studied the most is what's known as methylation, which is where I'm trying to find the article where I literally was reading about this, but... Methylation is essentially when your DNA strands, so we have the double helix of DNA, right? As we learned, there was actually a woman who discovered that. And then the men she was working with stole her fucking research. But what else is now? What are they going to do? <laughs> and, uh, 
but we're getting we're giving her retribution in this moment and she discovered that it's a double helix but when your dna goes through the transcription process it takes a portion of your dna and that is rna essentially the methylation process occurs when a series of methyl proteins i believe listen i've been wrong before and i will probably be wrong again <laughs> but we have sources a, we do have sources and they're linked below but it's um um, a series of methyl proteins linked to your mRNA, not mRNA, RNA, RNA strand, and that creates what's known as your epigenome. Now, this can also happen with um, I forget what it's called. It's a uh, his histones or something like that. Histones are essentially proteins that your DNA strands wrap around. This is another form of that. They can kind of um. And the DNA strand can either tighten around these proteins or they can slacken depending on external factors. And external factors can be all different things from exposure to chemicals, to toxic stress, to um, even smoking, drinking, anything like that. We see this with like uh, with like fetal alcohol syndrome and stuff like that that's kind of affected by it. We also see that with um, children born of mothers who smoked while they were in utero and that will kind of essentially what it does is the the epigenetic process turns on genes or turns off genes that might be beneficial or um malevolent towards you yeah and the way you described a lot of the different factors mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of like aces where like the more yes. of them that happen like the more likely you are to have certain behaviors but they're not mm -hmm. determinative yeah. Um, and I guess from like slightly a less scientific perspective, but like from mm -hmm. the CDC, um, which I guess is a scientific organization in and of itself, but like it is indeed. Yes, <laughs> more it is. of a lay explanation of like what epigenetics is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the study of how your behaviors and environment can cause changes to the way your genes work. And so the main distinction is that it's not a, genetic change they are reversible and don't change mm -hmm. your dna sequence but they can yeah. change how your body reads a dna sequence so it's more yes. like the reaction to it as opposed to like the thing that's being reacted to exactly so i think that's a that's a really really good distinction and um a very succinct definition that i appreciate <laughs> and uh so we see this with one of the examples that i saw in the research was that one of the more maladaptive forms of epigenetic manipulation comes about if um, an external factor shuts off a gene that is a tumor inhibitor, and then that could lead to the development of cancer in your body. Or we see this with trauma survivors, which we will be talking about in, in a little bit, is... Um, you might be at risk for depression or experiencing the side effects of PTSD, even if you yourself did not go through that traumatic event. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, isn't it? So that's that's kind of the stuff I was learning about. Also, there are um, I was reading about the one thing. It was the the Dutch hunger winter. I guess we're talking about trauma now. <laughs> and trauma starts now. <laughs> I feel like this was, whole episode was like, we're it's, kind of, it's surrounding trauma. It's like that's kind of the base of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so essentially, the Dutch 
hunger winter, the Dutch famine happened from 1944 to 1945. There was a large amount of pregnant women who suffered uh, malnutrition and starvation at that time. So what was very interesting to see was that their children and the children after them still experienced the genetic makeup of malnutrition or the genetic effects of malnutrition two generations after this had already happened. It was only a year, but it like still went on. So this is like, it's very, very interesting. So it happened even to her children or to their children that they weren't pregnant with at the time? Yeah. So this is where it gets really tricky because a lot of the uh, research that we do have into mammalian epigenetics has been conducted on fucking mice. So I love when people are at when studies are like this. We did this to the mice. So it must happen. Girl, we are not mice. We are famously not mice. Okay, but researchers famously love mice. Famously <laughs> love mice. And I was finding like a lot of shit about mice. I think it's kind of because like people. Uh, it's going to sound bad. Yeah. People don't care about mice. So when when they do <laughs> and experiments I never that I did. on them, it's like, ah, uh, whatever. Like if they said they were doing it on bunnies, they'd yeah. be like, nope, shut that shit be down. Like, Fuck that. Yeah, like all the makeup stuff. But whenever mm. they're like, we fed these mice we fed heroin the, we, and this is what happened. People girl, are like, oopsie. I got to tell you, in the research for this, I literally found that they they went in and made incisions on their genetic makeup That's what I'm of saying. these mice. They were called the ice mice. Okay, kind of a slay name. <laughs> kind of fierce. Band name, write that down. <laughs> kind of work. And, uh, kind of boots. <laughs> and they, so they went in, these, uh, these scientists went in and, uh, and edited the genetic makeup in a maladaptive sense to these mice and essentially injected them with, I don't want to say chemicals because that's such a reductive term, but it was essentially like hormones or chemicals that would induce the aging process within six months of these genetic and epigenetic incisions that were being made the mice started to exhibit physical signs of aging and they it's the article said they started to act old and it was like okay so what does they that mean they couldn't open a pdf like <laughs> <laughs> they asked me how what to they do it yeah they have their therapeutic <laughs> socks on what are they doing and uh, and they keep they, losing the TV remote. And they keep losing it, and they're never going to find it. And they need you to change the batteries because they don't know how. And But what was interesting is that after they went back in and injected, the only reason I remember it is was it, one of the one of them was uh, one of them was socks. Sox was the the chemical that was injected into these mice. I thought you meant they, one um, of the mice was named socks. One of them was named socks, and I was like, once again, one was good naming with this mice shit. Boots and the other <laughs> one was padam padam. <laughs> we just sit here and spit gay nonsense into the mic for fifteen minutes, but essentially, these these mice when they were. Um, their essentially their genetic makeup was reinvigorated with a euthanized youth youth youthful a youthful because euthanized sounds like they're killing them. I was edging around it and I was like, <laughs> this is a hard no for me. They they gave them more of a, a insect essentially like injected them with a youth serum. It was so interesting, which like reinvigorated their genetic makeup and 
after like another few months passed, the signs of aging went away. So this is just all going to show that like it's this is edging into like CRISPR territory yeah, and like, like gene, gene editing. editing. Yeah, absolutely. And like, how can we reverse the aging process? This is like when you really dig into it, like epigenetics is really something that digs in. It digs into trauma. It digs into um, I've, it's connected to IVF in vitro fertilization. It's connected to CRISPR. It's connected to all of these different things that scientists now with this current research are really seeing the potential of like reversing the aging process or addressing and tackling the offshoots of trauma and all of this really interesting shit. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, if anything, we talked a lot more science this season than I was Truly. ever expecting. This is not a science podcast. Oh my God, no, honey, this is not where I shine. This is not where I shimmer, you know? <laughs> Um, but I think it's kind of interesting because it's something that like we definitely neither of us would have encountered mm -hmm. in our day to day lives. So it's like very interesting. Um, I think when we originally decided to cover this, you mm -hmm. had kind of. Um, About the Holocaust. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, how do I bring that up? You had kind of mentioned that, like, this is something you became familiar with because yeah. of Holocaust survivors. The capital T trauma of yeah. my family was what really drew me. I actually found out about this. It's like I find out about most things through television, but it was uh, watching an episode of Dear White People. One of the characters talks about epigenetics and how it's tied to uh, descendants of the transatlantic slave trade. And how we can kind of trace the um, the trickle down effects of trauma in the genetic makeup of African Americans here in the U.S. and the research into uh, descendants of Holocaust survivors is very very similar. So I think with this tied into, I was really interested in investigating this because I wanted to uh, see maybe unwind or untangle this like mystery surrounding how my great grandparents escaping literal fascists uh, kind of affected our family because it really like, it was not great. We have this very deep seated cultural notion that trauma somehow purifies by fire. You know what I mean? And like makes you a saint when honey, that is not the case all the time. <laughs> So, like, this was very, it was very interesting to see because um, there is specific research, there are a lot of institutions here in New York, there's one through uh, Mount Sinai, I believe, that's looking into the effects on the Holocaust in generations to pass. And what I think is so interesting about that is that it's more of a recent, relatively recent uh, tragedy, massacred, genocide. So interesting within to look at. Within a hundred years, yeah, within a hundred years for sure. And from the fact that it's more recent, we're able to uh, compare more of a before and after mm -hmm. image. Whereas with things there's like there's a lot of documentation. Yes, there's a lot more documentation, post. and it's a lot. It's in closer in proximity to white supremacy. So mm -hmm. with stuff like um looking at the the trauma inflicted upon black americans or native americans who were also there are signs of epigenetic makeup and all of that um it's just very interesting to kind of 
look at this from a before and after perspective of when did signs of depression show up, signs of alcohol and other substance abuse show up after this trauma was inflicted. So it's just very, very interesting. This is really why I wanted to get into it. And that was a very long-winded explanation. (laughs) (laughs) No, and I think it's just because it's something that, like, I didn't really Mm -hmm. maybe know about previously. Yeah. But it also seems like you have a better understanding of, like, your family history, which Mm -hmm. is something that, like, I don't really have. So I don't even know if something like this has like ever happened in my family it probably could though that's what i find very interesting about this is it's not it's not isolated to again like capital t trauma Mm -hmm. like a a big blown like historical event even some of the articles i was reading about one of them from um, the harvard medical school was discussing the impacts of covid on people's epigenetic makeup due to the extreme stress that people were put under or even the uh, negative health outcomes that came from actually being infected by COVID. And that was the stuff I found very interesting. So it's like sickening to say, but it's actually epigenetics is very accessible to and very uh, or more universal of an experience than I think people realize. Yeah, but I also think it's like something we slightly mentioned before, but like something to also reiterate is that like it's not going to determine how the rest of your life goes. Obviously, right. a lot of this stuff, like there are ways to limit your stress. There's ways to like kind of insulate yourself. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that like you can't do anything, but it just means that like if you're cognizant right. of it, hopefully you can take steps towards like kind of reversing some things. Yeah, for sure. Well, the, uh, the tricky thing with this is that once a gene gets switched on or off, very, very tricky to reverse that mm-hmm. from what I was able to find. Most of the time, the ways that you can go about preventing negative epigenetic manipulation is by taking more preventative measures yeah, rather than tackling it after the gene has already been activated. This uh, and again, that leans more into like gene editing and more future research, like what we'll be able to do down the line, whether we'll be able to go in and physically edit the genes to fix what happens after the methylization or I literally just had the fucking article (laughs) pulled up that had all of the names of the processes that happen. But oh, DNA methylation, histone modification or non-coding RNA, all of that kind of stuff. but. That's yet to come. Yeah, I guess like in terms of, yeah, it's not exactly reversing, but I guess you can like learn how to handle like mm-hmm. the current state you're at or like just try to make your behaviors an environment so that like if there's any behaviors that like you've adopted and you're not comfortable with, then like maybe you can try to sort through that with like therapy or like right exercises or anything like that. Yes. So that's... um. Very glad that you brought that up because it's um, something that can definitely be prevented with a healthier lifestyle, healthier diet, coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms, uh, kind of trauma sensitive care, stuff like that, that you can really invest in to help take preventative measures or serve as uh, as treatment after a gene has been triggered. It's very difficult. This is the thing that I was finding is it's very difficult to pinpoint 
when exactly the gene is triggered. You know, it's not always as cut and dry as like my sister got hit on the head and now she can't eat bread Mm -hmm. anymore. It's like very tricky to figure out when and where and if this was caused by an epigenetic occurrence or whether this was just a genetic thing that was baked into the makeup of your being. Yeah. Um, Brain injuries like spook me out too. Um, Oh yeah. It's terrifying. Especially because I have had a few concussions. (laughs) So I have Googled like how many is too many. I've, Mm -hmm. I've had three, (laughs) I've had three that I know of. That's like a lot. Yeah. So one was like when I was really young, like I was maybe eight or nine and like, Mm -hmm. um, I was like in my dad's work van and there wasn't a seat in the middle and he stopped short for a deer and my head hit the dashboard. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that Wait, was... you like flew all the way to the front and like hit the dashboard? No, I was like in the front. Oh, you were in the front. Okay. So it like went directly in. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then in high school, mm-hmm. um, I did cheer for a few years too. I like yeah. done it when I was younger, did it in high school again. Someone was like coming down, like twisting down and like their mm-hmm. elbow hit me like right in the head and they like sent me home. Like oh my God. I was there for the weekend and they're like, you need to leave. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was like, I just hit my head on a corner of like a bookshelf. Oh shit. Wait, I think I remember you telling me about that one. Yeah, that was in law school. That Yeah. Law school is dangerous, guys. Like <laughs> <laughs> write that down write that down i was like fully sober and just like am clumsy oops oh, depth perception she's quirky <laughs> she's she's goofy girl but yeah so i'm always like did something happen but that is interesting <laughs> do you know did you notice anything like after any of these tbis that you were kind of to put it across way like never the same not particularly no okay well that is interesting yeah yeah, well, the thing with um, the thing with my sister was that my mom is allergic to gluten, and mm. we knew about that beforehand. So she was already like a little apprehensive to like give it to y'all. Or? Yeah, well, and then I obviously I have my mom's genetic makeup as well, but mm. I've never shown problems with gluten. So then, and my sister hadn't either until her TBI. Mm-hmm. So then that occurred, and it like switched the gene on. We never got like confirmation of that. But as I was researching it, I was like, this is definitely what happened. That's so fascinating. And it's just like a weird thing to happen in like real time. Because I was like, how the hell does like getting hit on the head mean you can't enjoy Olive Garden anymore? <laughs> Not the endless breadsticks. <laughs> the endless breadsticks. Yeah. And um, but honestly, what this made me think about the most. Were you up? Sorry, were no, you ever okay. able to go to Olive Garden anyway if your mom was celiac? That was for a different reason, but um, oh, okay. it was because my because my sister kept ordering the mac and cheese and then she'd throw up. <laughs> this is pre-TBI, pre-epigenetic oh my God. manipulation, but uh, she kept eating it. We were like, girl, that is bad for you. And <laughs> she kept on plugging along, but... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what you're saying. No, it's that. okay. But I was going to talk about something completely different. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, no, this made me think of, um, uh, honestly, the X-Men is a really easy way to understand this. Talk about a reality film. Because talk about truly a reality series. <laughs> based and, on a true based story. Based on a true, true story. <laughs> Honey, some of us are blue. <laughs> some of us have scales. Okay. And, it's confession time. But, when I was little, <laughs> I thought that if I flexed my 
hands like this that yeah. maybe those things that the Wolverine had would pop out of my Those that you mean claws? Yeah, like, like the little claws. dagger things. That's so camp. Okay. Anyway, I love that. Sorry. What about no, that? No, but it's like <laughs> that, like I'm just saying maybe if you were traumatized, hard, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I would become Wolverine. You'd become Wolverine. But this like uh, the whole lore with X-Men is like it's all these supposedly uh, regular degular schmegular humans walking around and then something occurs normally a traumatic experience that occurs during puberty and then their mutation is triggered well some of them are born with it like some of them are triggered later on down the road and some of them might not even experience it until they're old so that for me was a really easy way to like understand the concept of epigenetics and how it occurs like it can literally happen at any point in your life but yeah interesting (laughs) yeah i think the part that blew my mind was that it can happen like even when someone like isn't it can affect their baby even if they're not pregnant with it at the time that the trauma occurs right that was very interesting and again like I think to circle back to what I was maybe trying to say before, but then I think I got distracted. Um, that's the thing that's tricky to figure out in humans, specific mammals at large, but humans specifically, because we function differently than mice. Um, it's kind of a, there's almost like a tri-generational model with this. Cause you have uh, the person who's pregnant with the fetus. That's the first generation the fetus the the fetus itself i can talk the fetus itself is the second generation and then the reproductive cells the germ cells housed within the fetus is the third generation so this shit is so great like there are layers upon layers upon layers and i was like honey where does it end you know this is some christopher nolan bullshit genes are wild Jeans are wild. And I've always said that. And maybe that should have been the tagline. We can just say it at the end. <laughs> True. But um, yeah, anything. What is like the most striking thing to you with this besides the uh, the in utero? Um, I thought it was interesting that... I don't know like what exactly you found, but a lot of the Mm -hmm. articles I found were about the relation to depression and how because there are so many, I guess like it made me kind of depressy reading about it, which is about depression. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, Say it again. (laughs) Because they were talking about how the like kind of rise of traumatic events and stressors Mm. is meaning that a lot more people have mdd which is what is it called like major depressive disorder i Mm. think um and so it's just meaning that like people are i guess it seems like more likely to have the genes turned on when there's like multiple contributors to it Mm -hmm. um and so, yeah, that was, like, kind of scary and sad. Well, yeah, that that really made me think, too, because then it was talking, like, all these articles were, like, oh, we have events like the Great Depression, and we have uh, COVID, and we have, like, the, the Dutch hunger winter, and, like, all of these different tiny, tiny traumas. And then that leads into 
a further discussion of how we look at and evaluate evolution, which I found, again, there was like a different branch that came off of this subject of like, was there a charted course for evolution? And then we kind of skewed off of it as the like this just shows that we had like a very narrow, very flawed perception of what evolution really is. And that was to me another thing that was very interesting. Yeah. And um I found the word I was looking for before when we were talking about not reversing, but like building up like mm-hmm. being able to uh withstand different stuff it was resilience that's that's what it is like when you learn correct. these behaviors yeah. and you practice them it helps with resilience correct you're absolutely correct <laughs> <laughs> i just like couldn't form the word <laughs> but that's um that's very resilient of you to keep looking and that's Thank ultimately <laughs> what I love the most about you. <laughs> okay, are you trying to make me cry? <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> We're gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if I was like, yeah, sob right now on the mic? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Smash that like button if you want Shannon to cry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, what what else do we kind of have for the for the viewers at home for the listeners i always say viewers it's never viewers because you can't see us i know but people like that you say viewers i think oh, it's quirky thanks. of you I think it is quirky one of my friends said you should never stop and i was like okay oh all right well can't stop won't stop um yeah so i guess the main other thing is um yeah okay this is actually something i've heard about before mm-hmm Which also, I don't, it doesn't really go to resilience because it's like more medical, but like germs can change your epigenetics to weaken your immune system, Mm -hmm. which I think ties back into what you're talking about with COVID. And like that brings me to think about like long COVID and like a lot of people Mm. who are having effects from that. So I, I wonder how intertwined they are. Like, I wonder if COVID is affecting the epigenetics of people and like maybe turning on whatever that gene was oh definitely and the tricky thing is you might not always know what gene it's turning on because again this is variable from person to person and family to family so while it might activate the gene for depression in one person it might activate the gene for ptsd in another person Whereas it might activate the gene for asthma in another person. So it's just, it's so variable and it's very difficult to track. Really, the only way that you can do so is by studying your pathology and like going in for your family history and really understanding your DNA and how that manifests, what genes you're already predisposed to, kind of thing. And yeah, that was tricky but it also it's that brings in the age component too when when these traumatic events occur really creates another variable effect on how your epigenetic makeup your epigenome is going to manifest because your epigenetic changes occur throughout your life so you might have um, a different epigenetic makeup at birth than you do at middle age or late adulthood, or even when you're a teenager or a child or a tween, or really 
anywhere in anywhere in your life. So oh, I thought you were gonna say anywhere in between. Anywhere in between. <laughs> Got her. <laughs> Got it. And uh, so that made me uh, think because a lot of the research goes into like adverse childhood experiences and how uh, people who lived in worse conditions or adverse conditions growing up are more prone to uh, diabetes was one of them that came up. It was like diabetes and depression and risky behaviors, which is so, so interesting to learn about. And a lot of this ties into um, poverty and discrimination and all of that kind of stuff. So the more you have stacked up against you at a very early age, it, it vastly changes your genetic makeup and how you're going to move about through your life after that. And if you want to hear us talk more about ACEs, please yeah. listen to episode six on addiction with Anna Grace. Absolutely. Great plug. Love that. <laughs> we love a callback. <laughs> we love a callback. This is what was so interesting. Like without even really realizing this, this tied back to so many of the different topics that we talked about. It it ties back to ACEs. Like we were talking, it ties to um it ties to substance abuse and recovery. After that, as well, it ties back to uh, even your emotional states, such as your attachment styles, maybe yeah, what you're more what prone to, say. because similar to your attachment styles, your epigenetic makeup changes over time. And you can actively put in the work to change your epigenetic makeup or prevent certain genes from manifesting. And you can do the same with your attachment styles. So it's not a concrete thing it's not a prophecy i love i saw that on social media and i absolutely loved it it was like <laughs> your attachment style is not a prophecy and i was like okay write that down right <laughs> i want that on my grave and it was like the, if you take the steps if you take the preventative measures if you really put in the care then you can reverse anything that might be oncoming or you can kind of treat it if it's already occurring and maybe mitigate some of the maladaptive outcomes that have developed from either epigenetic changes or your attachment styles. So it was just, it's just so interconnected, very, very interesting stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was everything I had. Was there anything else was you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I would kind of love to explore this a little deeper, maybe like further discussions down the road or something like that, maybe. I think one day I'd like to talk about long COVID too. Yeah. I feel like it's something that like I I know some people. Mm -hmm. Like we have a mutual friend that has experienced long COVID symptoms. Yes. And I also have a friend from abroad who um, is a Kiwi and she had like a pretty wild long COVID experience also. How is a fruit going to talk about long COVID? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry to all the Kiwis out there. That was bad. That was really bad. We don't have any Kiwi <laughs> listeners yet. So Ooh, maybe yet. if we insult them. That's an important thing yet. <laughs> and uh, but while we're speaking of our listeners, we do have um, we do have an advert to discuss. Oh, yeah. Well. We can do that after the episode, though. And you'll hear about that later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we want to say thanks for listening this season. 
Um, we really love y'all. We're excited. We're thinking about season two already. Absolutely. Um, it's not going to come right away. We're going to take a quick break, maybe level up some stuff. But mm-hmm. if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, please reach out to either of us or the show definitely. Instagram. Um, and yeah, more good things to come. Yeah, definitely. And where can the people find you, Shannon? Um, I'm at Shan V Ferry on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Chase is at Chase A. Hoffman. Same idea, different execution. Um, And the show is, and I've always said that pod with a bunch of underscores, I think. A bunch of dots. Yeah, it's in our bios. You'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. (laughs) You'll figure it out. And um, jeans are wild. Jeans are wild. And I've always said that. (laughs) Bye. Bye.